Welcome along to the next episode of Tune the Cuds. And today, I'm delighted to be joined by my new co-hosts, Richie Bourne and Colin Murray. Good evening, lads. How are we doing? Good evening, Joe. How are you? All good here. Hey, Joe. Oh, how's things, pal? I'm fine. I'm fine, lads. Just slowly but surely coming out of this lockdown situation for myself. I'm back in work anyway. What about yourselves? Yeah, well, I've been on front line, so I've been kind of in work all the time, uh, thankfully. Um, so, yeah, but it's quiet, but hey, look, I'll take that. I'm still in work, though, you know? Mm. Yeah, I'm pr- pretty similar. I've been been working kind of the whole way through. Um, obviously, crazy, crazy scenarios and crazy times, but yeah, just glad to be kind of getting back to some bit of normality by the sounds of everything. So, hopefully sooner rather than later, you know? And I yeah. suppose football getting back into it is just one of the things that will make us realise that life is going on, you know. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's that's the, the main focus of today's podcast, obviously. So uh, just on the on the lockdown thing, have you been watching any of the behind-closed-doors football? I know I watched a couple of the German games and the first few were, it was just boring, boring, like watching a training game. But I think the enhancement now of crowd noise, like FIFA-style noises, I think it makes it slightly better for me anyway. Yeah, I mean, I to be honest, I haven't seen a whole lot of stuff. I kind of flicked through it and it just wasn't appealing, you know. But I, then you don't follow the league. I don't know the, as many of the players and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't something that I was just going to get interested in. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, the, the other night, the first night it came back was there was uh, Sheffield United and, and Villa were on and I watched that with with noise and then Arsenal and City without noise and the contrast mm. is, you know, there's, the, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's night and day, you know, just, it just makes, gives it some bit of feel, but the thing is, I suppose it's fake, you know, and I wouldn't be gone in that whole, mm. I, I, it's, I think it kind of feeds into what Sky have been doing where, you know, they've been talking about kind of pumping in and putting up kind of fans singing and things like that, increasing kind of noises to generate so-called atmospheres that, you know, so I mean, look, if it makes it better spectacle when we can't go to games, we just gotta yeah. take take what we can from it. Yeah. Have you watched much football yourself, Kelly? No, uh, a bit like Richie there. Kind of when the German football did come back, I kind of looked at one or two games, but I have to say it was a bit surreal for me. Now I have, you mm. know, <clears throat> again, I wouldn't follow German football. John Joe Kenny will be my only link to, to, to German football and see how he's doing. It. By all reports, he seems to be doing well. And I actually think they're looking to either family or extend his loan for further seasons. So that's all to be decided. But um, because I would have no interest of such in, 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 in that league, it was kind of hard to get maybe in, interested in. And then obviously the Premier League is coming back. But I just still feel no crowds there. It's, it's, it's a bit, let's just say surreal, you know, the kind of way. And kind of tomorrow evening then uh, with, with the game on, and you're kind of thinking, you know, that crowd, that roar of a crowd, and you guys would know better than I would, you know. Um, you know, what's it going to sound like? I understand you have these false noises and stuff like that, and it, it, it may help things, but still not the same, is it really? Well, I don't think it is. Like, at the end of the day, that roar, that passion from the Blues as, as the team are coming out, and given the fact it's the shike we're playing against as well, you know, the kind of way. I think that is going to be missing, and, and, you know, will it affect the players? Will it enhance some of the players? You know, it's hard to tell. It's hard to yeah, tell. Yeah, I think, well, me personally, I think football without fans is absolutely nothing. It's, it's like like you said, Rich, it's, you might as well be watching the FIFA 20 game or, you know, it's just, it's just, no, it's nothing. But, hey-ho, it is, it is what it is. So, uh, going on to tomorrow, uh, I, I just dread derbies. I used to, I really used to look forward to them, like the bill from Monday onwards. But now I just, oh, I just read them because we just, we just never ever, ever torn up in the last few years. So I, I suppose in the morning now I'll be all excited, and but at the moment I'm just, just, oh, please fast forward to Monday, get it over. With. But uh, I don't but John, know. Why I, is that? Like you know, I, I'm a supporter. You're a supporter. Richie's a supporter. You know, and. Why? Because as as players, it's some really quality players in our team. Is is it more of a psychological issue with with not just the team but the whole club? It seems to be stemming because no matter what manager is in there, it seems to be the same year in year out. 
Now, I know, I think, you know, is it quality of player? Is a fact, like, I often wondered, why, why can't we just turn up against them? What is it about them? I just, it baffles me, I have to say. You know, I don't know. What about yourself? Like, Joe, you've been to these games and Richie's been over to the games. and Like, surely the excitement is there before the game and you're going in and you're fully expecting, you know, to put their, their heart on the sleeves and all. But, geez, you know, and I know, Joe, once they put their, their, everything on the line for that blue short, and even if we were to lose, you feel happy about it. But there are times we haven't even done that in the past, Joe, you know? Yeah, I, I, I really, really can't put my finger on it, but we just, I don't know, I think it's it. Like you said, players have come and gone over the last 10, 15 years. Like, some of the players we've had have been fantastic. We still have some fantastic players there now, but we just seem to have this, as a club, a mental block when it comes to playing Liverpool. And we just never, ever turn up. Ever. Don't get me wrong, I just, I get excited when we're going into play Lincoln City. It, mm. You know what I mean? The, the atmosphere at the at the at the grounds and the build up to the ground doesn't change that much. It's obviously hyped up more for a derby, but as a as a team, we just never turn up. No matter, I don't I don't know about yourself, Bridget, but I don't know what it is. It's no, a strange I, thing. And if, I suppose the fact that it's gone on for so many years now. I mean. There must be some sort of an inferiority complex there as a club, because as you said, personnel have come and gone. I mean, there's not too many, I mean, that have gone back, say, from early Mize days, you know, when, when it's Arctic, I remember kind of mid-90s, we had a great record against them. And, you know, that's probably when we used to enjoy him. <laughs> enjoy him. Mm. But the, the last couple of years, it seems to be completely, well, from a personal point of view, it's get it over with, you know, mm. not enjoying, not looking at it because... I don't nearly expect a result out of it, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, but I, again, to continue that, yes, obviously against them, given the record has been so bad for years, but against all the kind of so-called top four or top six clubs, like we just seem to crumble. You know, the records we have, we go down to Chelsea, I don't even think we've won at the Emirates. You know, they're shocking results over a long period of time. You think on the law of averages that you, you, you're going to win some game down there. Mm. You know, would, would you put it down to... Basically, an away mentality, the way fixer mentality, or yeah, I mean, obviously, most of those are away kind of that we haven't, and given that it's Liverpool, it's 99 since we've won away. Mm. But I mean, this seems to be at home now, it's 10 years since we've got any since we've since we beaten them, and that's it's much too long. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know, it's, it, it's just I don't know what it is. Uh, just once we see that red jersey, we just not crumble. Cummins made you be strong, but you just never give it everything. Yeah, I, th- I think you look at kind of incidents that have happened when we've had opportunities to beat them, and the one that kind of jumps to me in recent times is the cup semi final in 2012. Yeah. No, way better than better squad, better everything. You know, mm-hmm. the game was all they had to do was kind of go and play and tended to sit, and obviously there was a few mistakes or whatever it was, but I mean, that's the type of thing. That's the mentality setting in that, you know, instead of putting the foot on the throat and killing the game, mm-hmm. you know, even to go back just I was 2013, the, the 3-3 draw, where Packer put his ahead with, with a couple of minutes to go. You know, I think it might have been only 10 or 15, less, 10 or 15 minutes or whatever was on the clock, you know, and just couldn't see it out. And since, since then, I think what we've led for, in the 10 years, I think it's some 20-something minutes that we've been ahead against. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's like it's it's like a course. It's like like it's like it's like a it's like a Mayo type course, isn't it? <laughs> Hopefully, it doesn't go on that long. But you know, it's, uh, I don't know. It's I, I, we just lead into tomorrow. Uh, I'm not quite sure the injury news. You you keep an eye on all that kind of stuff, Collie. What what? Yeah. I know there's a couple of long term injuries. Like Gabama yeah, and well, Walker. I, I looked. I looked at um. Obviously, I looked at Carlos. Uh, Press conference yesterday, and the long terms obviously is Tosin um, and Gabamon. Mm-hmm. Now he did mention Gabamon. He said it'd be, it's going to be at least five to six months before he's back. Uh, I think he was asked how he was doing, and he said he's he's good, and uh, you know from a mental frame of uh, from a, a mentality, uh, he's doing good. I believe he had a, a son recently, so 
And then you have Walcott is going to be out till July. Um, Mina has a quad tear, uh, though I don't think it was uh, as bad as they initially feared. Mm. And he's back training, as is Delph. Delph has a muscular injury. You put, might see Delph on Wednesday. Uh, Mina is touch and go, I'm led to believe, for Wednesday. So, now, Carlo was also asked in the, in the press conference about uh, why didn't they do a, a friendly game over the lockdown period. And he said basically that uh, he wouldn't be changing the style of football, so there was no need for okay. a, a friendly game. So they just had a kind of match against the twenty trees. So that's just leading on from out. You know, I, I think he'll, he'll go four four two tomorrow. Um, but it's the middle of the park that I would have uh, the most question marks about. Um, does he go Gomez and Davis, uh, Gomez and Schnorr, um uh, Sigerson drops Sigerson back. Uh, will you put Sadibi out on the right? Does Awobi go out there? Does Awobi go out on the left? Does Bernard come in? There's a few questions marks around the the the, uh, the, the, the middle four as such. Um, I don't know what you guys are, are, are thinking, but like, will he go four four two? Do you think, or will, will he try and go? I don't know five three two, or what do you think? I suppose to to, to look at. It, I mean, we. Carl's kind of clearly said that he prefers four four two, and that's the the, the system he'd, he'd like to play. I suppose from us on the outside looking in, there's no form to go at, so we don't know who's been performing well or whatever. We see a, a five minute clip in training that obviously you're not going to release any kind of secrets in that or anything like that, you know. Um, yeah, I mean we're we're definitely short in the middle of the field, and we're short. And if we get any kind of an injury at the back, you know, in in centre half, we will be. Seriously struggling. Um, my own point of view, I would like to kind of, I prefer to see a more, I'm not going to say negative, but a more structured discipline so that, you know, make it harder for them. I would, you know, if you don't really have the players, but if they can make it work, I know in one of his first games that he put Coleman in as like a third centre half, even one of the younger lads that they could do it, just to try to curtail the space that they're going to, from their front three guys running at us, you know, and if we have three at the back, then you have two wide, two wide wing backs that it may stop their fullbacks pushing on as well that they like to do. So just having that extra kind of guard to cover because I think we're going to be under the cosh a bit and we're going to need as much protection as we can get. But it's 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 down to numbers in the middle. Um, Gomez is obviously there, and personally, I'd be going with Davis alongside him. Just I don't I think Gomez and Sigurdsson they'd be a bit kind of kind of too too. More, more attacking, and we're going to need a bit of bite in the middle as well. So I definitely be putting Davis in there. Um, yeah, so it's kind of around that. Obviously, depending on what on what else he does, then whether it's a Wobi, whether it's Bernard to kind of to kind of slot into it, we just have to wait and see. Yeah, I think I think he does prefer four four two, and for me, uh, two up top is a must for Calvert Lewin because I think it's proven. You see, he's come on leaps and bounds when he has someone up, up top with him. I don't think he's a lone striker, although he may have to do that role tomorrow. Like you said, if we need to put an extra body back into midfield or even at the back. Uh, but I think two up top, especially at home, I think, is the way to go. Whatever about switching it up away from home, but I think two up top, listen, we just have to go. We just, just have to go. No point sitting back and letting them have all, have all the play. And going back to what we kind of touched on earlier, if, if we go onto the pitch, give everything that we have and, and come, nobody likes to lose, like I said before, but if you come off the pitch after giving 100%, you, you can't really grumble. So I think we far far too, just have a go. Have a go. See, see what we can get out of it. Yeah, but having the two, you, you know... There probably are two foreign players like with 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 Holgate as well. So you definitely need the two of them and have the two of them playing in their best positions. I mean, trying to fit Richarlison in just to just because he can play someplace else, I think it's kind of weakening because you want the two of them in their in, in their best positions. And that having the two of them up top definitely gives us a threat. And that's where we need it as well, you know. So when because we will get chances and we're gonna need kind of the two of them to be there to take them. Yeah. Just uh, just going back, sorry, Joe. Just going back to what Richie said in relation to the centre half issue. Um, obviously at the moment, given Mina's injury, um, you're looking at Michael Keane and Holgate starting. Uh, but uh, one thing I did notice: uh, there's a lot of being written about Jared Braithwaite. Uh, we brought him yeah. in from 
Carlisle in, in January. He's a 17-year-old young lad. I think he's six foot two or six foot three. Um, big things being spoken about him. Uh, I know Wunsworth was very impressed in his first game uh, in the under twenty-three, uh, in the under twenty-three league with him. So I, I would suggest he probably will be on the bench on Sunday. Um, mm. And also uh, in the centre of the park, you have another player from the twenty-three is Dennis at dinner, and uh, we brought him from Fulham uh, three years ago. Um, didn't set the world alight now in fairness when he did come into the club but over the last 12, 18 months by all accounts he, he's the leading light in the 20 years and has basically tucked him by the scruff of the neck and got them over the line in relation to league wins and, and so forth so hopefully surprise between now and, and, and the end of the season we'll see a couple of the 23s coming in we understand it's the derby match tomorrow you know probably not the best game to throw them in but on the other side of that coin, given that there's no crowd in the stadium, these players have played in an empty Goodison Park for the under-23s. Mm. They maybe wouldn't have as big a fear going up against Liverpool as what maybe some of the, the other force teamers. So it's not beyond the rounds of possibility that you could have one of these starting tomorrow. You look at the likes of Anthony Gordon, you know. Um, again, going on what I'm reading, you know, uh, Carlos seems to be very, very uh, happy with him uh, and what he's doing in training. So, look, I'm not saying he is going to start, but uh, I think I think we may see one or two of these young lads coming through before the end of the season. And that can only, only be a good thing going forward. You know, the kind of way, given what the story coming out today in relation to Marcel Brands and how this summer is really all about cutting down the numbers in, in, the, in the team and <clears throat> possibly only bringing in two or three players for certain positions. Does that then open the door for these young lads to come in and, and, and make a claim? Put their foot, you know, and, you know, if you're in there, do your best. And, and if they do their best and they get kept in the team, well, so be it. And fair play to them, you know, the Conway. Yeah, yeah. That's just another thought that was going through my mind that I think you may see a couple of these young lads coming through before the end of the season. Yeah, I think we'll talk about that in a bit more detail uh, later on about the under 23 situation and the, well, as some people said, the apparent lack of opportunities that they're getting, which we'll talk about that in more detail. Just going back to the, the midfield conundrum, um, a player that, for me, uh, has disappointed, I think, is Tom Davis. Now, a few people have said that he gets some stick that maybe isn't deserved. Maybe it could be like I know a lot of local fellas don't seem to get as much slack as as foreign players, but for me, uh, Tom Davis, I, I just don't, I just don't get him. I, he just hasn't progressed for me at all. He he stayed at the same level. Kind of remind me similar to Ross Barkley. He, he he just goes around like a headless chicken sometimes. But again, this is just my opinion. But. Uh, I just I don't know. He's like I said, he's just so frustrating. There's a football player in there somewhere, but it's just a matter of trying to get it out. Yeah, for me, I I think the just unforced errors with him, whether it's a case of awareness of what's going on around him and kicking the ball, you know, misplaced passes, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's so so frustrating because, as you said, there's a player in there. We've seen it on occasion, but that seems to be the thing is that there's no consistency that you'll get a game where you get 45 minutes where you come in and he'll be, oh yeah, you know, Tom's going to kick on now and then, you know, the following week you're back to the same dross that we've been looking at kind of, and that's, that's the frustrating part about it because you know that there is a player in there but we've been saying that for, for four years now and I think that's the kind of, yeah, probably I wouldn't say that he gets, that the stick is unwarranted because it's just frustration on, on fans' behalf, you know, when we're looking at it, the same thing. And I think the frustration is a wanting, a wanting him to succeed, you know. Um, but, yeah, but I still start him tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what's your thoughts, Colleen, on Davis? Davis is a bit... Um, you need to talk about Tom Davis type of question, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Very like, cool. With, with Tom, like... He's played international level and he's run matches from the middle of the park as a holding midfielder. Uh, for us, he seems to play in that kind of advanced midfielder. 
there's always the consistency issue with Tom, you know, the Quinway. And, mm. and I think Richie's bang on when he said one week he could give, you know, he, he has, a, has a world, and then the next week he comes out and he, he can't trap a ball, you know, the Quinway. Mm. Um, but there is that element that he's a local lad, and geez, there's nothing more than I'd love to see Tom Davis 100%. doing well. You know, well, Quinway. Um, there really isn't. Um, I, I can see him starting tomorrow. Uh, him and Gomez in the middle of the park. Um, I think yeah. oh, it's a frustra- it's, it's just a frustration, and I, I, I think it's not so much a monkey on his back, but that goal he scored against Man City early on, like like a few years ago, it, it's just a rod that people hit him with. Like Probably he, the worst thing that ever happens to him, Joel. To be honest yeah, with you. Well, that's what I mean. Like, if if that hadn't happened, would he be? More relaxed. Uh, no, well, no, I think he would still be at the club. But I just, for me, he just thinks he has so much more time on the ball than he actually has. Like it's like it's like someone on on a FIFA twenty game. He can run around midfield all day long with the ball. But it just doesn't happen in real life. Mm. Just, you don't get that time. I know Garmet. Like he's just a different class. He's like a Rolls Royce. He makes it look so easy. Even when there's a player around him, he he's totally in control of the ball. But I just I just keep screaming at Tom. Just lift your head up. Have a look around you. Pick a pass. If, if you're under pressure, just get rid of the ball. It's just, I don't know. It's just a frustration. Like I said, there's a player in there somewhere, and we've seen we've seen flashes of it. And maybe then. The likes of tomorrow with no fans behind him might give him the bit of freedom to say, right, Maybe. if you make a mistake, yeah. you don't have 40,000 on your back as soon as you make a mistake and groan and say, ah, oh, Tom, here we go again, that mm-hmm. there's nobody there. There's no noise. Yeah, we're all shouting at the TV, but he doesn't hear it. And you know what? You can kick on and, you know, if he gets a couple of games, hopefully that he get a bit of confidence without, I don't know, maybe that doesn't affect him at all, mm-hmm. you know, but that's, yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say, Richie. I have to say, uh, same train of thought. Uh, you know, t- I think Tom is one of these players that is affected by criticism, let's say. And with, with no crowd in Goodison, you know, I know it's probably not great, but it could actually be to the benefit of one or two of them players out there in the pitch tomorrow. Um, I, 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 I really do hope he stands up and, and is counted because they have a good midfield and, and, and we need energy in there. Uh, and Tom can bring that, you know. Mm. Yeah. It's, uh, sorry, go ahead, Joe. No, go on ahead, Rich. No, I was going to say, I suppose it's a whole other debate regarding kind of whether it'll benefit having nobody there or whether it'll hinder. You know, as you said, it'll probably, or it could work to the advantage of a couple of our players, but I don't know. I look back to the derby last year and I don't think we were getting out of there with a draw without having the fans, the fans behind the game to be honest you know it was it, it was it was electric in there like yeah. you know just on the that whatever it was the last points they dropped before the end of the season and it turned out that it cost them or whatever that yeah. it was it was it was a crazy day in there um, and that'll be missed you know but yeah. it'll help a couple of players yeah. look but we, there's nothing that can be done about that this is the situation we're in I guess right yeah I yeah. Think it's like some some players like you said some players thrive on that kind of pressure or that call and atmosphere if you like and, and other players seem to wilt so I, I don't know maybe I don't know just please, uh, just please a... prove me wrong tomorrow Tom and score <laughs> yeah. a winner and have a, I don't care if he has like his worst game ever if he scores a winner in the last minute all is forgiven that's I think that's the same about every, every derby well, let, let's face it, if we win tomorrow and it, it's a 2-1 win, whoever scores that second goal will be a hero forever. Oh, absolutely. You know, the yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah, sure. Just before we move on, uh, Jens, in, in just a small snipper for you, so I don't know whether you're aware, but you mentioned the, uh, the Rolls-Royce of a player. I, I, Morgan Schneiderlin is on the verge of move to France. I don't know whether he's aware, aware of saying. Um, I believe he's in France at the moment having a medical or over the, medical over the weekend. Um, I've I seen him Myself and Dan went over to a game and he was a Rolls-Royce player in his fourth season for us. Um, it will take a whole whole podcast or two to talk about what happened after that, but his fourth season for us, he was just outstanding. Um, but it looks as if he could be on his way out of the club. Yeah. Just to... Pity for me because, like, again, it's kind of what we told some time, there's just a player in there 
It really is. And mm. similar to Davis, I think he's been treated disgracefully by some fans, really. I mean, the, the episode there a couple of years ago where he was billed before he even stepped onto the pitch. He was coming on as a substitute for, could have been got, I'm not quite sure, Gomez, but he was billed before he even stepped foot on the pitch, which for me, it was an absolute disgrace. It was shocking. One of, one of the saddest episodes I've seen at, at the club for a long, long time. But but just on Snyder, yeah, there's a player in there somewhere. It just, he showed flashes of it uh, in the holding role where Ghana was. He, he, could, he yeah. could sit in there when Ghana was out. But again, going back to what Richie said about Davis, he just hasn't done it consistently. Uh, How much would you like Ghana back? Oh, that, I mean, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. Yeah. I yeah, mean, absolutely. He's just, he's just similar to Gomez. Like when he's on the ball, everything just looks in slow motion. Mm. He's, he's at ease whether he's surrounded by two players, three players on his own. He's just, he just never panics. So calm. It's just, it's, it's great to see. But whether, whether it happens or not, I don't know. But listen, good luck to Snowden. Absolutely. I never, yeah, I, never wish, I never wish anyone. And if, if you want to go, go. Well, yeah, I think he's been unfairly treated in the last however long, but yeah, his performances of late haven't been bad, you know, that he's come in and he's done a job whenever, but on, on his move, I guess, is, I don't know if he's close to it, close to the end of a contract or something. or Yeah, he's in his last six months or last year or something, Richie, so yeah, it's kind of minimal fee and just to get his wages, I would suggest after, after the, uh, the bill, you know. Mm. I think there's a few more. We'll just actually move on to that now. Actually, before we do, we'll just do the derby predictions. Um, Richie, go to you first. Um, yeah, I suppose, as I said, there's no hard to take form into it, but I really struggle to see us beating them, given that they have the better squad and you know that's what it'll come down to without fans and things like that. But hopefully we can raise and I'll go 1-1. 1-0. One one. One one uh, Richarlison for us. Okay. Don't really care about that. Come on, yourself. Well, I'm going to go with the heart and I'm going to say 2 1 win to the Blues mm. with uh, uh, Dom, uh, DCL scoring the first, and Michael King getting the winner. And uh, Mane, who always scores against us, will score for them. And uh, if the bookies have us at 9 2 to win and the draws 3 to 1, and the Red Shot are 8 to 15 on. I think the draw, draw a three to one looks a bit tasty to me. I think, um, I think one or two of the bookies we can't name, but they're doing a free bet if if a free losing bet if if you're you know if if you back the draw and it, and it's a win or for either side you get a free bet. So I think it's a it's a free shot at three to one. I think for me, yeah. uh, I will I go one off. I like I said, I dread the derbies. I just I just. Fast forward, let's just get it over, please. But I think at home, at home, we, we tend to get them some kind of a game at home. So I'll go one odd and I'll, I'll go DCL score and then someone's arse. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? Who cares? I said, we, 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 I don't think they like coming to Goodison either and the fact tomorrow that they'll be talking out in a, in a, Pour the car. Everyone in the car. I still can't believe that. I have to say, mm. can't believe that. Let them shoot back across the park to get to get their shower, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> just, just walk back. <laughs> just, just a query for you lads tomorrow, or just a question that coming to mind. Do you think tomorrow's game will be similar to, say, the first game of the season after doing a, uh, like a, a pre-season? Um, kind of routine given the fact that we have been out haven't played for so long in a competitive game is it going to be a, a bit of a labour match do you think do you think there will be goals in it you know generally the, the first game of the season just a draw or two you know the kind of way mm. or a very close game I just wonder what your, your thoughts on that was a couple of the matches I've watched in the last couple of days there's not much pace in them so you can see like they're, they're a bit leggy so I think it'd be just like that Maybe a bit touchy feely for 20, 25 minutes. But then again, like it's a derby. Anything can happen in a derby. Could be like a first minute tackle that just sets it all off. No, 
But I can see it being a, like a slow tempo kind of basically like a training game. But mm. but I'm I'm just hopeful that with with the derby like incentive that we can, we can just raise our game. Yeah, just, just hope. I, I'd settle if it was laboured and it was slow and it was poor to watch, you know, because it allows us to kind of grow into the game. But to be honest, I think that they'll be quick out of the blocks. They're going to want to just get their six points and get this league done as quick as possible. So I think it'll be they'll go gung ho like early doors, you know, and try to uh, try to win the game straight away. So. You know, I, I didn't see someone that they saw them against Blackburn or something and that they looked really, really sharp. Mm. I don't know what Blackburn are like, but that they looked really, really sharp and really... I mean, they're, they're two games away from winning the league, so they're not going to want to, you know, just pass the ball around and stuff. So I think we need to be kind of ready for it. But yeah, I think some clubs will kind of use it as pre-season and some clubs, clubs will completely tank, I think. You know, that they just won't be able for it without any fans and things like that. But hopefully we will kick on because we'll be planning and people will be wanting to say and Ancelotti's plans going forward. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's that's us on the derby. So we'll uh, take a short break now and we'll come back and we'll discuss uh, the Norwich game and also we'll touch on the Under-23 situation. So talk to you in a second, folks. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you're interested in joining the Irish Toffee Supporters Club, just send an email to memberships at irish-toffees.com or visit our website www.irish-toffees.com. Up the toffees. Welcome back to part two. Uh, now we go into preview of the upcoming game on Wednesday, which is against Norwich. Uh, I personally last think this will be an absolute rollover for us. I know they, they they gave us a game, turned us over, as Richie said before, uh, Goodison, but I just think their conference, watching, watching them yesterday, their conference is absolutely at zero level now. So if we, without any aspirations of getting up that table at all, I think we just need to get out and hammer these. So, how do you think yourself, Rich? Yeah, I mean, I'd always be wary that people or teams kind of down towards the bottom of the table that you'd expect a bit of fight and everything. But um, I suppose going on the performance last night, it didn't seem to be there, you know. So whether that's motivation, whether that they've accepted relegation, if they have, well, then there's not going to be anything from them. And, you know, just on some some teams seem to come back and they just completely tank, you know, that they just don't have it in them and with no fans behind them. Um yeah, I mean, initially I was saying, yeah, that you know that you would expect some bit of a backlash and that they're that they're gonna. But going on last night, they don't seem to. They didn't seem to have it last night. Whether that'll kind of say right, you know, whether it'll come on Wednesday against us or not, which would be just be typical of of something that had happened to us. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think we definitely should. Um, I suppose my main points would be that I think that the better squads will do a lot better in this period without. Uh, the home advantage kind of without fans being able to kind of give that extra push, you know, to help motivate players, you know, if there's a good tackle that goes in, it'll lift the drain. And that's all kind of gone for, especially for teams down the bottom where they need that little extra kick to try to get up to a level, you know. So obviously we would have a lot better knowledge. So I would expect this to come out on top. Kali? If we have any aspirations whatsoever, European football, next year we have to win on Wednesday mm-hmm. I just don't think there's any two ways about it lads uh, and for that reason I, I think there will be I think you will see possibly Anthony Gordon coming in on Wednesday I think we'll win 3-1 and I think you'll have Rick Charleston scoring a brace and possibly another one coming from a Wolby or Bernard mm. but again I think we should we, we could see depending on how how uh, the derby goes we could see a few fringe players coming in like I said a couple of under 23 players stepping up um, it could be basically like a free pass if there is such a thing in the Premier League and to give these players like a run out um, again I'd hate to see someone getting injured like a couple of games in so he, he might it, move it around it's, it's like for me it's not what What's your your thoughts on the whole European football thing? Do you think it's it's we're going beyond that? Are we still in with a show? You know, 
me personally, I think it might be a little bit too far. I don't know. Okay. I think if the season had continued, because we were kind of in, well, I don't know, we got hammered in the last match against Chelsea, but we were kind of in, in an okay bit of form before the, the season stopped. So if it had continued, I'd, I'd maybe say we had an outside chance, but I think with the restart and the layoff that's happened, I, I just, I don't know. I can't, it, it would, again, it would depend on how other teams are. Yeah, of course. Yes, but I, I think it might be just a little bit beyond us for me. Yeah, I, I, I would tend to agree. I think it's just that little bit. I don't know, we six points behind Wolves at present. And you know, not that it's a whole lot to make up, but I just don't think that we had, uh, over the court, you know, we're obviously going to drop points and everything. And I just don't think that over the course of the nine games that with injuries and different things that that we can make it up you know and obviously as you said it depends a lot on other teams as well but yeah I think it might just be that little bit beyond us mm. What's your prediction for Wednesday Rich? Um, yeah obviously I said I think we'll win and I I think we'll win well I got 3-0 oh, I, I was going to go 3-0 I, I, it's not like I'll fall and it'll just be slightly different. <laughs> I, right, I was going to give them a go, but yeah, three then, okay. Uh, well, you go 3-1, then I can go back to my... I went 3-1. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, we, can't, we can't have any copying there. Right, okay. Yeah. Okay, I'll go. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, so 3-1. Again, I, I, I just think it'll be... It'll be... Not, not handy, handy, but I think we should win. If we don't, I'll be disappointed. Really. Yeah, and I suppose as Collie said that... I would expect a lot of rotation for these games, given that they're coming thick and fast and players haven't played in so long. So I do expect a lot of changes from it as well. So just hoping that we don't have injuries that forces them, you know, because there'll be another game that roll around in a couple of days' time. But yeah, I would expect a, a good few changes. Um, and to see younger lads coming through to the bench. And I think the bench is the place to put them, not to be throwing them straight into, you know, when the time is right to have them there. But having nine players on the bench and being able to use five it definitely allows kind of to give them a bit of game time and get used to the physicality of playing Premier League obviously it's not the same but you know um, now is the time to sort of use this as a pre-season to see who we think might be able to to step up next season yeah, yeah. exactly just just that's a nice segue into the, the next part uh, we touched on it before the break um, I know Carl you follow a lot of the underage football Especially the twenty threes, so um, and now it it's been flagged up before that we don't tend to give the younger groups uh, too many chances in the first team. Would there be anyone standing out this this season for you? Yeah, just just a quick recap, Joe. Um, they finished on the eighth of March with a win to Reading. Uh, Elliot uh, Sims and Adrenaline uh, Dennis Adrenaline. Sorry, I'm pronouncing that wrong. Uh, scored in a 2-1 win. They've only got four games left. Um, when they finished up, they were seventh position on 32 points. But Chelsea, the leaders, were on 34 points. So that goes to show you just how close that league is, you know. And they were badly beaten by City in the, the game previous to the Reading game. They were beaten 4-0, which I watched. In regards to players coming through, um, Lewis Gibson, one of the obvious ones, went out to Fleetwood. Uh, Joey Barton absolutely raving about him. Um, uh, Lewis Gibson can and will be a special player. Uh, I just hope that we can get him into our force team because I can see big things for him. Obviously, from a centre half point of view, he's, he's very young. But um, again, some of the reports coming from Fleetwood, he, he's head and shoulders above any other player there. Mm. Um, I've already mentioned Dennis. Uh, there's a couple coming through from the 18s onto the 23s as well. So you're looking at the 17, 18-year-olds being pushed into the 23s. There's three of them, Sebastian Quirk, Mackenzie Hunt, and a young lad called Tyler on Iago. He's 17, he's six foot four. He's been likened to Marouane Fellaini, Patrick Vieira type. Real long, gangly, able to get his toe in there, uh, very calm on the ball. One or two of the, the, I believe, criticism of him is he's maybe not quick enough yet on the ball. But again, that will come with, with games and mm. as he goes up. So possibly not ready for the first team just yet, but certainly want to keep your eye on going forward. Uh, you've Benny Beningamy, 
um, who shot up through the ranks a couple of years ago, went out to Wigan last year, had a bad injury and haven't really heard from him since. But because we're so depleted in the middle of the park, you could possibly see Benny on the bench, you know, on Sunday mm. or even on, on Wednesday. I know he's back uh, to full fitness. Um, you know, so, yeah, there is a few there, Joe. But in relation to... It's, it's it's a question I've always asked myself. Why, why as a club, are we not good in bringing players through? Uh, I was surprised to hear that when Silva was the manager. Unsworth and Silva both played a different formation. And now that's been uh, rectified. So they're all playing a four-four-two now, or whatever Angelotti wants them to play. Mm. Um, I see the likes of Man U bringing through one or two of their young, young, young lads. You know, surely you have to give them some sort of opportunity or chance, let them prove themselves. Fair enough. If it goes a while, it goes a while. You know, there's no point keeping them on. In my mind, now this is just my opinion. Mm. You know, they've reached a, a certain certain height at the 23s give them a chance if they fall flat in the face well fair enough Detroit and it hasn't gone again that's just my opinion you guys might have a different opinion on that but you know having won the league three, uh, twice in the last three seasons there has to be quality there Joe there really mm. does you know mm. maybe watch, there's something I'm not saying but I don't know do you watch underage football yourself I don't, I don't I watch one or two games a season I wouldn't be a uh... Have a followed underage. Yeah, I'd be the same. I kind of follow follow results and things like that, but wouldn't be sitting down to watch a whole lot. Maybe read some reports, but I suppose my thoughts on it would be simply that you know that I suppose if they are good enough, that they should be getting a chance, you know, and that some will step up when the occasion, you know, that they'll step up to the occasion. That's that they're better kind of on a bigger stage, but I think it's almost a perfect scenario to kind of unleash give the fellas the goal now where basically it's a free hit between now and the end of the season. You know, we, as I, I don't think that we're going to, to make Europe. So, you know, we drop any, any kind of points in the next couple of games. The, the rest of the games are kind of just there to be kind of played out for us. So it's definitely an opportunity for them to kind of, to kind of show that they are good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, it's a pity on Lewis Gibson because from what I've seen and, 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 and read about him, yeah, he's going to be a fantastic player. And given without Mina, that there should have been an opp- or there could have been an opportunity there for him to kind of get some game time. But you know that they're going, they're in the playoffs, right? So so he can't come yeah. back. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, look, we, we all want to see kind of players coming through rather than having to dig into the pockets and be, and be buying. But yeah, I suppose on the other side, then you got to trust who's there and say, is there a reason that they're not putting them in? You know, it's all well and good winning leagues at under 23 level but to step up is hostile mm. you know so that's that's the difference I suppose you know that the step up is, is so so big and that the, it takes a special player to make that step up mm. Do you think one of the reasons uh, could possibly be the amount of managerial changes we've had over the last like four or five seasons could maybe they didn't have time to have a look at them colleague I, I don't know no there was some reports that like Silva never even went to watch one of the games, which I find totally yeah. amazing. Yeah, I, I, I read that as well. But I think now with Marcel Brands coming in, he has literally taken over um, the club as such, which, you know, in my mind, Marcel Brands has been the best signing we've made over the last decade. But that's just my opinion. Mm. Um, but now the 23s would have their own scouting network as well. So they would have the equivalent of a Marcel Brands so one sort of would deal with him, but I know Marcel Brands would, would go to every game, um, you know. So yeah, you could be right, Joe. You could be right. I'm sure there's other things that may be thrown out there as well as to why isn't so many coming through. But you know, um, I, I think obviously Anthony Gordon's name's been mentioned a, a, an awful lot uh, in relation to the first team. Uh, Lewis Gibson will be another one, and hopefully we'll see these being brought through. Um, Anthony Gordon certainly next season. Lewis Gibson may need another season out on loan um, to get a bit more experience. But potentially we have a centre half there with a left foot who was potentially very good, to be honest with you. You know the kind of way. So yeah. uh, I suppose it's a wait and see situation. Um, and yeah. just obviously wish all the lads the very best um, 
unfortunately some have come through the club and gone out and on and just things haven't worked out for one reason or another you know that kind of way um, so I think yeah, you know, that the, 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 the step up from 23 is uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking if, if, if you're good enough it doesn't matter what age you are but I, I think you really have to have your best game ever in your first game to make the manager say whoa like who's this guy or to make an impression mm-hmm. I think sometimes it can be hard again going back to what we said earlier the pressure of of a 40,000 crowd is totally different I know you said they, they play week in week out in empty stadiums even in Goodison not quite empty but you know what I mean so maybe the pressure will get to some of these young lads more so than others but I, I don't know yeah it's possible it's uh, going back to going back to uh, Benny Beningamy I think he's the type of player that we, we lack in the first team at the moment like someone like a, going back to the old dogs of war someone that get in there just just tackle like a spoiler if you want just win the ball and give it to the likes of Gomez or Sigurdsson like the, the, the footballers yeah I, I think we're missing someone like that so I know he had he had a had a little glimpse of an opportunity there a few years ago I remember the tackle against Chelsea I think he I'm not quite sure, but he took man ball the whole lot, and it was a cruncher, and it was it, like it was a fair tackle. And I, I just went, "Wow, I haven't seen that from a Everton player in a long time." Mm-hmm. So, I, th- I think there's there's scope for someone like that to get in there. But again, whether whether Ancelotti would like to see a type of player like that, I know we have someone I've seen. Yes, he's he's on his way back. Mo Besic, he's a similar type player. He'll get in there, run around, bite your ankles and like a spoiler, but I don't know. That's just me. I'd like to see some I know Ghana does it, but he's just a different clan altogether. Yeah, I was gonna say that, but I suppose on that that Gabanon was kind of brought in. I don't know if it was specific, specifically for that role, but mm. you know, that he was kinda of as a replacement for Ghana, so he's just been obviously being plagued with injuries and we haven't and now we kinda of have that gap that's been there for a full season you know, since Ghana has gone. So, yeah, I mean, but yeah, you're right. We definitely need someone of that ilk in the middle of the park, like, you know, and I think you always do to be able to kind of just pick the tempo whenever you need it, you know, a bit of a tackle, you know, a bit of bite, and it it feeds, you know, definitely it feeds Goodison anyway when when, when you get that. And I think that's what you have. Sorry, Joe, sorry. Yeah, when you see, like, if, if there's a lull in the match and you see a tackle like that, it's just the whole crowd, and then... That spills onto the pitch. You know what I mean? Oh, don't get me wrong. You don't want the players going around kicking lumps out other players just just for the sake of, to get the crowd going. But I think that's what we lack. Somebody like that, someone that can just flashbacks to Phil yeah. Neville on Ronaldo. Remember Phil Phil Neville on Ronaldo? Oh, <laughs> I mean, sent him into the air, but a fair tackle. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, so again, maybe that's just the old old style in me. Yeah, well, I remember we, we, Joe Royal saying. He, he said he said to the players in the first derby when he was in charge, he said, if a crisp packet goes across the pitch, I want you to tackle it. <laughs> so, that that type of... And you might not get away with it now. Like the dogs of war style. I don't think Joe Parkinson would last too long. No. <laughs> Today's football. But again, I think there's room for, for somebody like that. But we have been heavily linked um, since Carlo came to the club with uh, an ex-player of his in Napoli, uh, Alan. Is his name? He's a Brazilian. Like he's five foot eight or five foot seven, but he's that Ghana type player, you know, the kind of way. Um, now he's, I think he's late twenties, possibly even thirty, thirty one. Um, but he comes across as that sort of player, you know, the kind of way that. Um, so you never know. Um, but yeah, I do agree in relation to. I think we we are missing a Ghana type player in there. Mm-hmm. Um. And it, it, it's it's quite it's quite funny. Kebabin was only out injured three for three weeks in his whole career in Germany. Welcome to Everton. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's just it, well, I don't know lads. I think yeah. course, really. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Uh, you got you, you got a feel for the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Just on Alan. I know it's a little off point. Uh, Alan, the Brazilian. What is going mm-hmm. on with all these Brazilian lads? Like back in the day, it's Socrates, Ronaldinho, and now you have Alan, Fred, and Bernard. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Too much. Some decent. Oh, there's another one called Malcolm. Too ah, much yeah. TV. yeah. Come on, lads. Like, it's a bit of originality. Even <laughs> <laughs> put a now at the end of like Fredo or Malcolm O. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Malcolm Malcolmino. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Strange. Yeah, but just just uh, we touched on Mo Best is coming back. There's quite a few players now. Uh, will be heading back in the next few weeks with their loans finished or whatever. So we go through a few of them. I suppose the the main one that people another like massive massive disappointment for me as well. Uh, Balassi, I think a lot of people just can't wait to see the end of this chap. He's just talk about flatter to deceive. He just never ever ever. I know he had a horrific injury. He had an horrific injury. Given yeah. that, but I mean, yeah. even before that, he did absolutely nothing. And yeah, Crystal Palace fans forums are pleading with the club to bring him back. Uh, pleading with the club. Uh, I, I, listen. I, yeah. On me back, I carry it on there. <laughs> yeah, it's just. You know, I think any of them that are out, you know, Balassi, Sandro, Besic, don't know who else is there, but yeah, I'd be saying ship them all. You know. Mm. If you can, that's the problem. It, it it's not as easy. They're all they were all brought mm. in and big money and big wages and long contracts, five year contracts. Like so, yeah. I think we'd struggle to get him off the books. But you know, Balassi has been out on loan. He's kind of walked out on loans. At Villa was it that he kicked? That he yeah. probably above it or whatever. Bessie, I was kind of surprised that he didn't stay at Sheffield United for whatever reason that he's back. But um, yeah, I mean. I, I, I suppose they've all had chances to, to show, maybe not so much under Ancelotti, but you know they, they've been around the club long enough now, and it doesn't look like they're going to have play any part. So, whatever you can get for them and get rid of them as quick as possible would be my thoughts on it. I I would again. I don't know. It's maybe because I like that type of player. I would I would hang out to Besage as a squad player because again I just think we're missing that that type of. Not nastiness, that's maybe a bit strong, but that type of player that can sit in there and, and spoil play. I don't know. I will just repeat myself. But I think there's room for Bessage to somewhere as a squad player. I obviously you obviously booed me in the start eleven. But uh, another player who I know he's gonna go and but I I stop I love him. I love his attitude. His skill level might not be up to what we need, but no man he has. I mean, if ever, I think he's just gone past Daniel's Stracker Lorsi as Everton's <laughs> biggest, biggest cult hero without actually doing too much. Uh, I remember the game we actually watched in a bar in New York. We played uh, Bournemouth and we were losing 1 0. And he asked, come on, score two goals, 1 2 1. And oh, that's, that's it. Just retire after that. <laughs> but I mean getting back to Balassi like if he had half of Nias's work attitude and work ethic and desire to, to play I mean what a player he'd be yeah. what's your thoughts on what's your thoughts on Nias yourself Rich I know it's I, I, I don't rate him you know uh, yeah, yeah he works hard but he's not he's not he's not to, to the level that we want players at but by all yeah. accounts he was good in that behind closed doors games I would not like to see him too much uh, between now and the end of the season because if it's going to curtail kind of the opportunity for younger lads that we're going to use going forward, I'd sooner that. You know, the same with Martina. If it's going to stop, you know, if we have like Brenwait or whoever is there as a centre half or, you know, to, to the future, you know, now is not the time to be, you know, when they've only got a month of, a, of an extension, whatever it is, you know, so... He was around for a long time. He was out and low on the Aspas. So, you know, yeah, I mean, he did try it hard and he got a few goals, but standard wise. Yeah. Like I said, he's, he's just that cult hero. Always will be. I mean, he's just the fact that at one stage he didn't even have a locker at the club. Again, I thought Kilman treated him like an absolute dirt. But. Karma came back then. I think he got Kilman's locker. I'd like to think he did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, just a few others then. Uh, I don't know. 
I tried to think of who else is out on loan that like we need. You have a lot of uh, you have a lot of the twenty threes out on loan. The likes of Callum Conley and things like that. Uh, Joe. Yeah. Um, the likes of them won't have a future at the club. Um, you know so. Um, John Joe obviously has to come back. Yeah, well, that, I think that's a whole part in itself, Richie. To be honest with you, and, you know the question's going to be asked. Obviously, uh, about Seamus and his role going forward. You know, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's certainly going to be a question that's going to have to be asked. Not just by Irish Evertonians, but Evertonians in general. You know, Seamus being an absolute legend to the club, mm-hmm. but are we now coming to a stage where, you know, time isn't on the side? You know, I think, is I think John Joe Kenny that. the answer? I'm not too well, sure. I, I think Seamus would. Listen, Seamus is as down to earth as anybody I've ever met or known. I think he realizes, and then again, with like the chap's leg was snapped in half. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So between that and age, was you now 33, 32, 33. So I, I think he, he'd realize he's kind of on that hill. On the other side of the hill, if you want. I, I just thought, uh, just to touch back on that, Sidibe, I thought had stepped up to the plate, but he, he tapered off before before the like the, the lockdown, the break, and he tapered off. He had a couple of bad games, a couple of... I don't know. No. He I just think... wasn't himself. So I don't know whether he's the answer, whether they're going to make that a full, full-time move. I can't see it. If they don't... I think we'll be looking at bringing John Joe back if he wants to come back. That's the question. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that was that, that was my initial thought on it. That it, it's not a John Joe kind of conundrum or a shame. Kind of, I think it's more of a CDB, and I kind of see him, and he's either an eight out of ten or a four out of ten. Mm. You know, but I don't see him as being a long-term solution for us. So if it's a case of you're just buying him and you're getting him at whatever it was, I don't know, is it thirteen million or whatever for a season, and then you're moving him on again. Then maybe you're better off just bring Kenny back in between himself and, Sh- and Seamus because, again, I don't know if funds are going to be kind of restricted that, you know, that you can make. I mean, between Kenny and, and Coleman, you wouldn't. It's not as if, right, it's not probably where you want to be. But, you know, I think there's other positions that are more important to strengthen and I wouldn't be wasting money on Sidibe in, yeah. in, in that case. You know, if, if you have to pick between between replacing a right back or, or getting in a right side of midfielder, you know, depending on, on, on finances. Mm. I, I'm not quite sure the financial situation now going into the summer. Would you know a bit more about that, Collie? Uh, again, as as just, far as restrictions go, like spending restrictions? Yeah, well, I did read something actually uh, in, interesting this morning that they possibly could be uh, easing uh, financial fair play given the pandemic. Okay. That, the clubs may not have to be as stringent, let's say, uh, with finances. Uh, but that was only a report I read earlier on, and in, in, I think it was the Times in London was reporting it. Um, in regards to what we have, again, gone about brands, the article come out about brands, it seems that money isn't a problem, but it's, they're not going to be spending money just for the sake of spending money that they've identified two or three positions. Mm. Uh, in the first team squad that needs uh, strengthening, let's say. And whether they're going to be loan positions free or you're going to buy in players, I'm not too sure. Um, I would suggest possibly the centre-back would be one of the positions given that we're highly linked with Thiago Silva. But, um, it's hard to know, Joe. You know, uh, it is it's hard so to know. Would that, would that just be a, a marquee signing, Thiago Silva? No. Uh, yeah, possibly. Uh, one of the, as they call him, it would yeah. worry about him in the in the Premier League. So, Joe, he's thirty-seven in a month's time. Yeah, you know, yeah. No, one of these, as I call them, the jersey sellers signings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, listen again, if he, if he could, if he could tie this over, why these restrictions are in place for a season or a season? Absolutely, and a half, yeah. I don't see. I don't see why not. Oh, yeah. Just to say, did any of you see that Dan Moise uh, tweet came out yesterday, the day before? No, I don't. I don't frequent Twitter. Right. Really? Okay. Again, no. that's another twenty pods. I just stop. <laughs> stop. No, when, it, it was, when you allow people like you want, I'm not even going to mention her name. Oh but yeah. Yeah. It's just anyway, Twitter's a Twitter's yeah. a minefield. Let's let's go past that quickly. 
Well, what did you say? Let me call you. Oh, no, he just, he, he made a kind of reference to, uh, now he didn't come out and say everything or, or the state, Bramley Moore, but he came out and he was critical of uh, some organisation that he was cur- currently working with. So obviously, uh, as Evertonians, we jump on this and we talk. Yeah. It was obviously well, two two together at twenty five. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he hasn't. He hasn't tweeted again. The conspiracy theories are all all around the the, the uh, Twitter web as such, and the Twitter yeah. land. So, you know, but, hey, look. Um, well, look, we go on to tomorrow, and let's believe, and we'll, we'll take two points. I'll take three points off them, and yeah. uh, we, we'll carry on up the league. I I still think we'll make Europe. Yeah, but that's just maybe my blue heart. Um, there's, there's not normally a bit of heart, but like I said, I, I, I'm always positive before a match, but positivity wanes as soon as the match starts. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, listen, boys, thanks very much for today. Thanks, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. So uh, if anybody has any ideas they'd like us to include in the podcast, do send us uh, an email to info at irish toffees.com. And we'll talk to you next week, folks. See you, lads. Take care. Thanks, Joe. Talk to you soon.